Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, Pickle Pork, a new beginning. Let's go. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Baby says she want to go to the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Mitchell and Ness with the old school name. All of the homies all of Padre gang. Yeah, they... What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 218 of the Talking for Hours podcast and YouTube show. I'm your host, Ben Fadden, coming to you before the Padres try to win their first game of this Washington Nationals series. Last night was really rough. You uh, Darvish pitched amazingly well. Goes eight and a third innings, uh, but he ends up getting a loss. He ends up getting three earned runs charged to him, uh, even though, let's be honest, I know he gave up those two hits in the ninth, but Josh Hader's the one that messed that up. And that's the main topic of discussion today uh, is Josh Hader and his struggles. Um, his first time out, right, pitched really well against the Rockies, I thought. And then next two times out, or his last two times out, hasn't been good at all. And we're going to get into mainly last night's outing, his last two outings. Obviously, we could talk about the offense, and we're going to talk about the offense a lot. You know, I'll talk about it in the series reaction. I could talk about it here if people in the chat or any super chats come up that want me to talk about the offense. Josh Bell, one for 30. Um, other guys in the lineup struggling. Profar, I think, is a little bit in a slump. Um, I'd prefer Grisham to be more down in the order. I like what I'm seeing out of him, but I just don't think that it would it's best to have back to back lefties there uh first and two in the lineup like last night. I know Profar just had a uh, off day last night, 
uh, and he pinch hit. So I don't, I don't foresee that happening again today. But uh, the offense is struggling. But I wanted to touch on more Josh Hader in this episode. I didn't want to wait until Sunday to talk about it. Um, I, I just don't know when Josh Hader is going to pitch again. Uh, I think it's a good discussion to have for people that are here live. Um, would you have Josh Hader come in in a high leverage situation tonight when the Padres face the Nationals and let's say Snell goes seven innings, six innings, has a quality start, and it's a one-run or a two-run game? Do you want Hader going out there in the ninth inning or the eighth inning, uh, let's say the ninth inning, in a one-run game? Are you confident in him going out there again so that's a question i'll leave to you guys uh in the chat if you want to give me your thoughts on that or your just thoughts in general on josh Hader or anything padres related uh before we get started this episode is brought to you by gaglion bros famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries you can visit gaglionbros.com to be their entire menu uh their address on friars road the phone number and you can visit petco park as well uh if you're at petco today tomorrow sunday Monday or Tuesday, Wednesday against Cleveland. Uh, they're there all year, upper deck, uh, and their main stand is down the left field line or left field line, excuse me, down the third baseline, uh, pretty much in left field. Um, by the Bally Sports San Diego uh, pregame booth. Uh, had some cheese, cheesesteak fries as well. Had some of those last night. Those were amazing. Uh, so I encourage you to check them out. All right, so let's get to Josh Hader here. So obviously he was acquired by the Padres, and I was super excited. My reaction to this, I, I was anyone that was here, they know that I was excited. I was like, oh my gosh, this guy, he's the best closer in baseball. SDR Ruiz and Robert Gasser and whoever else they gave up, like they're not going to hugely impact this team this year, right? And they're not just getting Josh Hader for this year, but they're getting him for next year too. And so that's definitely like making it clear that the Padres are going for it for this year and next year. And then that's obviously followed up by them getting Juan Soto and Josh Bell and Brandon Drury. And it's like, wow, uh, Soto and Hader's timelines are lining up pretty well. Soto's under control for one more year than Hader, but they're both going to be here. It's like, okay, they're really going for it here. And they still are. Uh, but the hater stuff right now, the hater, it's not an experiment because it's going to be more than one year. Uh, but the hater project right now, if that's what you want to call it, it's just, it hasn't been working right now. And I'm not going to sit here and say, hater's not the closer anymore, right? I'm not going to say he shouldn't be pitching in any high leverage situations anymore, right? It's been two appearances or two bad appearances. It's been three appearances in total. That would be way too early to just jump off of the hater bandwagon when I was so excited about getting him uh, when they did trade for him, right? So I'm not going to do that, but I, I, we do need to go through his struggles, and why is he struggling? Would you have him be in high-leverage situations, uh, especially tonight? And that's, uh, that's what this episode's about, and that's what this conversation's about. So getting um, into last night. So he came in. Uh, with two on after Darvish gave up those two runners. Darvish pitched amazing last night. Eight and a third, three earned runs, five hits, struck out six, didn't walk anyone. Uh, he has the second most quality starts in Major League Baseball, 18 of them. I saw reading uh, Kevin Acey's newsletter this morning. 
he pitched well. He did his job. And some, I, I did see some people say that, hey, Darvish should not have been taken out. You know, he should have stayed in that game. You make him lose the game uh, because of how well he's been pitching, right? But I look at it as he was at 96 pitches. He did give up two hits in that inning. Bob Melvin, he has had a history of allowing his starters, especially this season, to go farther than probably some other managers would. And I credit him for that, you know, having trust in his starters. I think that's a good thing. And he did that again last night. Like, he, he gave Darvish uh, two base runners, and they had a mound visit in between uh, the two base runners, and uh, then they pulled him. And Darvish can be frustrated. I understand that he probably wanted to be in that game still, and he still thought he could get outs. But you also have Josh Hader there in the bullpen that hasn't been used in nine days, right? And that also brings up the conversation or the talking point of, well, Hader shouldn't have been pitching because he hadn't been used in nine days. Hadn't been used since last Tuesday. Why is he coming in in a higher leverage situation? But if you're Bob Melvin, you're probably looking at it as, okay, Darvish is at almost 100 pitches here. He's given up two hits in this inning. I have a guy that hasn't been used in a while. He's fresh. We got Josh Hader to pitch in these types of situations, these high leverage situations. I'm going to go use this guy. You know, I think that's what Bomel was thinking there. And, <clears throat> excuse me, he was saying to the media uh, after the game, quote, we brought him in here for a reason, end quote, talking about Josh Hader. Uh, like, and I agree. I know that there was concern about Josh Hader being rusty and all that, but like at the end of the day, he just has to pitch better. He was brought in for to this Padres team to be the closer or and or to be the best reliever on this team to pitch in these high leverage situations. And so if you're not going to use him when a starter's at 96 pitches and he hasn't pitched in nine days, like, okay, when are you going to pitch the guy? You know? So I was fine with the move. For me, it just comes down to Josh Hader just has to pitch better. His previous outing entering last night, he went two-thirds of an inning against the Giants. That was that night Manny walked it off and saved him. Uh, Musgrove pitched well that outing, or that night. Hader came in, blew it, gave up three earned runs, one hit, walked three guys, uh, and then he didn't pitch. Like, he was up in the bullpen, I believe, in Washington, I want to say. I think he was up maybe once in Miami. And uh, Bob Melvin was also saying that he doesn't, Hader has told him that he doesn't like really pitching in situations that aren't like those big situations. He prefers, this was from Kevin Acey's newsletter this morning, saying that Hader prefers to stay ready outside of being in games just to be in games. So like he wants to pitch in the games that matter. Like he doesn't want to just be pitching out there when he doesn't need to be pitching out there, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know if, I don't think it's like a lack of wanting to be in the game. It's just he wants to have the same mindset every time out, and maybe it's hard for him to have that same mindset when it's 9-1 to one, uh, compared to when it's 1-1, to one, like last night, right? And uh, this was Hader, a quote from Hader. I was reading this same thing from AC. Uh, quote, I do my work behind the scenes when no one looks, making sure I get off the mound, making sure that I'm trying to stay as consistent as possible. Um, Hater said he felt good, just got behind on Cruz, 
obviously tried the backflip slider on Voight, hit him, uh, but Hader said he feels like everything was coming out pretty crisp, and that's what I saw. Um, Hader, his outing, obviously, it was not great. And uh, obviously, he comes in, hits Voight, after, by the way, I thought he had a pretty, it was a pretty good at-bat. Like, I thought he was pitching Voight pretty well. I thought he had Voight on Voight's heels, if that makes sense. Like, Voight had a hard time. It looked like catching up to the fastball. Um, Hater's pitches in that at-bat, they were just missing. And then he throws the slider that bounces in front of Voight and then hits him. So he was in that at-bat, which I, I was encouraged by. You know, some of the pitches that were misses last night, they were close uh, when I just watched it back earlier this morning. The next at-bat, though, bases loaded, he walks Cruz. Some of them were close, but some of them weren't. Uh, the ball, ball four was kind of close, fastball in, um, but some of them weren't. And so it was, a bit, it was a little bit of a mixed bag there, right, where some, you know, some at-bats, they were close, some pitches, they weren't. There was that one at-bat, I forget who it was, but he hit a weak grounder to Crony at second, and Crony is playing back, can't do anything about it, and it's a hit, bases loaded. Like, that's not on Hader, right? He made his pitch there, so I guess I can be encouraged by that. But, right, I know some people say, well, Ben, look, look at the results. And I understand that. Like, uh, there's not a whole lot to be encouraged by from what we're seeing out of Josh Hader, obviously. But before we get more into the negatives here, I wanted to point out, like, there were some, it looked like he was close there. The good news is the velocity is still there, 99 fastball. Um, there's obviously good movement on, you know, the breaking ball and stuff. He just has to locate it. And there were some pitches, I think, that void at bat, where he had the ba the breaking ball and it was just down ball just down, and for me it's like okay you got to just attack just attack you know <coughs> excuse me I had to cough there just attack like the fastball you're throwing ninety nine but it's just out or it's just up you know throw the fat challenge him right you threw a fastball in the zone to Voight there and he fouled it off he couldn't catch up to it right. Fouled it off. Throw that again. Make him hit you, right? We see, you know, the scouting report about Hater, and when he comes over, it's like the, he's this big strikeout guy, right? And there's maybe besides Edwin Diaz, there's like no one else you'd rather have on the mound, no other closer on the mound that you'd want in like a high leverage situation if there's a runner on third or something because Hater can strike out guys. But when he's nibbling like this, for me, it's, it's, I don't think he can strike out all of these guys when he's doing that. Like, I think he just has to change his approach. And he's like, go into a game one time, maybe it's tonight or whenever he gets in. And if he blows it throwing strikes, that's one thing. But he's been blowing it not throwing strikes. That's the problem, right? Hitting Voight, not a strike. Walking Cruz, not strikes, right? So that's my problem. Uh, the Rockies game, his first game that he pitched, it felt like he was more attacking the zone there. And he got a strikeout, and he ended up not allowing any runs there. He, I thought he looked pretty good. But it's kind of like Snell earlier in the year. It just feels like nibbling, trying to be perfect. Sometimes when you have a 99-mile-an-hour fastball like that and you have that breaking ball, throw the breaking ball to lefties, throw the breaking ball right 
at the ribs and then have it curve into the strike zone, you know? Uh, to righties, you could do that too. Um, not to the righties' ribs, obviously, like trying to throw it there and then have it curve because then you're throwing it behind him. But be confident in that pitch. Throw it to the left lefties batter's box and see and try to be confident in that pitch. Throw it with confidence and have that breaking ball come across the plate. A little of a backdoor breaking ball, you know? Uh, with the fastball, challenge him. If you throw a fastball down the middle at 99, as, Luis Gar as we saw with Luis Garcia in Miami, okay, maybe that won't work. But at least with Hayter, you got to try it, right? Because what he's doing right now, throwing balls that are almost strikes, that's obviously not good enough. Like these hitters know they're so good with their eyes. Like they know what they're doing here. So what I would do with Hayter is just attack. If you blow one attacking the zone, I'd rather see that and then work to the corners of the zone instead of continuing to try to be perfect on the corners of the zone, if that makes sense. Um, getting back to more questions about the game, I mean, about Hayter specifically, should have Darvish stayed in? Uh, like I talked about, I don't think so. He was at 96 pitches. Should have Hayter come in in that situation? I think so. Like Bob Melvin said, this is the guy that the Padres traded for. You traded him. You traded for him to come into these types of situations. He's one of the best relievers in baseball. You know, like you got to throw him in there. He just has to be better. That, that's where I am with this. Um, if you didn't want Hater in the game, if you're listening to this or watching this and saying, "Then no, Hater shouldn't have been in the game there." I wanted someone else in the game. Okay, then who is that? Do you want Luis Garcia in the game? Do you want Nick Martinez in the game, who would pitch back-to-back -back days, I believe? Do you want Morajon in the game? Suarez, they all pitched the day before. I don't trust Steven Wilson, obviously, in that spot. Tim Hill, more of a matchup guy, more of a, okay, we have to pitch him in extra innings. Okay, we'll do it. Like, Josh Hader's the guy to me. Especially yesterday, looking at the bullpen situation, the bullpen chart that I put out every day on uh, the Twitter at Talking Friars. Who else are you going to go to there? So I guess it, for me, I guess it came down to do you keep Darvish in or do you go to Hader? And I agree with Bowmel there. Like, go to Hader. Hadn't pitched in nine days. I, I think that he should be pitching more consistently. I agree with that for anyone that wants to say that. Like, a closer, I I understand Hader wanting to pitch in the important situations, but when you're not getting those important situations, still got to go pitch. Like, still have the mindset, switch your mindset and say, okay, I know the score is this, but guess what? I want to still go help this team. I want to still impact this team and keep the score at what it is so this offense can maybe have a chance to come back in the next inning or whenever it is. I know they were just on the road, so maybe that doesn't. You know, if they are down in the ninth inning, there's no bottom of the ninth for him to pitch. But just be more flexible and more open. If you know these situations, these winning, closing situations aren't there, then pitch. Try to go impact your team in another way. You know, Nick Martinez this year, he's pitching in every different type of situation. You know, um, 
Chris Matt's pitching in every type of situation. I know closers, they want to be closers, and they don't think that they're anything but a closer, right? But for me, it just goes back to, like, you're pitching once every nine days right now. Like, you got to impact the team more than that. And hopefully they have a lead in the ninth inning today and Hader can come in. That's a question I'll ask you guys right now. If the Padres have a lead in the ninth inning today, do you bring in Josh Hader? His last two outings, his last two outings combined. Inning and a third, so this is against the Giants and then against the Nationals last night. Inning and a third, two hits, three earned runs, four walks, only one strikeout. And part of that's because he just not, he's not throwing enough strikes right now. He's trying to be perfect or... Some of the pitches just aren't anywhere near the zone. Um, he's walked, I put this out on Twitter, he's walked or hit 50% of the batters that he's faced in his last two games. Six out of 12 of them, he's walked or hit them. He, he just got to throw more strikes, attack. I said it already before a few minutes ago. If you're going to lose, at least throw strikes and get pounded. I'd rather have that than you lose walking guys, the bases loaded, hitting guys to load the bases. You know, I'd rather... I'd rather uh, had him give up the lead last night on a liner to left field than him walk in the go-ahead run. I know he gave up both. He walked in Cruz. He walked Cruz to bring in the run, and then he gave up a liner to left um, to make it what three to one. But like, I'd rather. My point is, I'd rather have him pitch to contact and lose than lose by. He's not scared. I, I'm not saying he's scared, but. Just attack, you know? I'd rather have him attack than lose by trying to be perfect and trying to hit every spot. You have 99, just use it. Let's see what happens. You have that breaking ball. Use it. Throw it for a strike. See if they can hit it. Like, that breaking ball is nasty. See if they can hit it in the strike zone. They're not falling for it when it's outside the strike zone, so see if they can hit it inside. You know, just changing the approach a little bit. Um is what I would say to him. He's just got to pitch better. Like, I know there's, I'm sure a lot of people were talking about it last night. Like, oh, should have kept Darvish in or didn't, shouldn't have gone to Hater. And, and for me, it's like, I already talked about this. Darvish was at 96 pitches. He'd given it his all. I know he probably thinks that he had a lot left and I was in left field and saw him come into the dugout and he walked fast right into the tunnel and he was pissed off. And he can be pissed off. I like that. But why is Josh Hader on this team if you're not going to lose him in the if you're not going to use him in the high leverage situations, you know? So let's get to the chat here. That was my main talking points uh, of this episode. Don't think I missed anything in what I wanted to say. Yeah, last two outings haven't been good. I'm still confident in him. Like, like, well, I'm not, I'll say this. I'm not confident in how he's pitching right now. I'm confident in Hader overall. Like, is he going to bounce back or not? Uh, I'm confident that he will this season. And I would put him back out there tonight if it was a high leverage situation. Um, just to see. And you just hope it doesn't happen again. Like, at the end of the day, this is the guy they acquired. This is who... They acquired. They acquired one of the best relievers in baseball. So you got to use him. None of the, it, you can't keep doing this once every 
nine days stuck, you know? <clears throat> MCC says his 12-year-old son has better command. Yeah, sometimes it's what it's felt like. Stevens World says, if not use Hater, then who could they have brought in? Their bullpen has been blowing ball games all year. Yeah, that's what I talked about. Um, I mean, Chris Matt, he's not high velocity. I know he throws strikes, but he's not high velocity. Maybe Bob Melvin, Ruben Niebla, they wanted a high velocity guy in there. Uh, it's a Vase Voigt and whoever, uh, Nelson Cruz, guys behind him. Groovy T says, Hater needs to prove himself before we bring him in high leverage spots, especially with runners on. Yeah, I mean, but he proved himself in Milwaukee for however long he was there, you know? I know he wasn't hot uh, before the trade to the Padres, but when you look at his track record, like, he's already been a, what, a four-time All-Star, three-time reliever of the year, and this wasn't like Hosmer where it was seven years ago, you know? This is recent. It's a recent track record. So, yeah, does he have to prove himself with the Padres? Sure. But, again, you got Josh Hader to use him in the high-leverage situations, to use him in the ninth inning. You got to use him more consistently, I think. Edison says, how can they lose against the worst team in Major League Baseball? This team is not ready to compete in the postseason. Well, the good news is the postseason isn't today. It's not tomorrow. It's not the next day. You know, they still have, what, a month and a half left. Um, the offense is a big – the offense is the bigger reason over Josh Hader why this team isn't winning. Like, the offense, you can make the argument they should have scored four or five runs last night, and the only run they scored was on a Manny home run. He's been – he has a 10-game hitting streak, you know? Um, yeah, having one out last night, bases loaded – Having Soto and uh, Grisham strike out, Grisham was before Soto, but those two guys strike out. You had Myers strike out with the runner on with Crony on first and no outs earlier in the game. You had Soto on third, I believe, and uh, I forget what happened, but they didn't convert there. Um, yeah, disappointing. The offense has to be better. Josh Bell's got to be better than one for thirty. A lot of guys in the lineup have to be better. Um, but I, I just wanted to hit on this hater topic because I know a lot of the focus is going to be in the offense but you know there's a lot of questions with Hader but I'm still confident in him in the long term with the offense there are I want to see I did see in Kevin Acey's newsletter he does have some numbers here Brandon Jury three hits in his past 23 at bats uh, he's had some big moments but that's not great uh, Myers, one for eight with five strikeouts last two games. I don't know why AC put Mazzara in his newsletter because Mazzara doesn't play anymore, so I'm not even going to talk about him. That's not even relevant. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, Juan Soto over three last night. He walked. He's reached base in 23 consecutive games, but you'd like to see some power, right? You'd like to see more than one home run with the Padres. Uh, but he's been great. Like, I'm not going to trash Soto. I'm not. I I didn't like him, like, swinging for the fences last night. But I'm not going to say, this guy sucks and he needs to tighten it up. And, like, I just think 
staying within himself would have been much better last night. Uh, bases loaded. He was just taking a lot of big swings, one hand on the bat. He's usually more of a two-hand-on-the-bat guy. Like That's what I've noticed. Like When he's going in the opposite field, um, just staying within himself there. You know, you have the bases loaded there. You have two outs, so you're not trying to lift anything. You're just trying to get a base hit there and score some runs, like stay within himself. It didn't look like he did, and he was pissed off after it, uh, slamming his helmet, and it rolled all the way to Manny uh, on the on deck circle. So to be picky, yeah, I'd like to see more power out of Soto, but he's been amazing. So, you know, getting on base every game in a Padre uniform, so I'm not going to go complain about him too much. Brisk asks Rogers or Hater. Well, we don't have that option anymore. We have, I mean, I'd still take Hater easily. Rogers has struggled with the Brewers. Even so, it's not like if the Padres had Taylor Rogers and the Brewers still had Josh Hater, the Padres win the game to, or yesterday. Like maybe they do, but the offense scored one run. They they didn't come through, right? Josh Hater, Taylor Rogers, they're both struggling right now. I'd rather have Hater. When both are on, I'd rather have Hader. He's the better reliever. I wonder what oh, baseball reference is it going to work. Um, I want to see how Taylor Rogers. I want to actually look at his numbers. I know it's been bad. So, oh, it doesn't go into the splits. Okay, so let's see here. In the second half of the season, Rodgers has an 868 ERA. In August, his ERA is 794. So he's been with Milwaukee pretty much the entire month. Five and two-thirds innings, six hits. He's given up five earned runs, two, two home runs. Yeah, not great. So both guys aren't pitching great. But I would pick Hader over Rodgers. I think you're going a little far with this, MCC951, saying Hader's done, can't be trusted. I mean, you got to throw him out there. You can't, you can't give up on the guy after three appearances, after two bad ones. I know they've been really bad, but like this guy's your closer. you, you got to trust in him more than that. You know, the Padres gave Rodgers way more than three appearances to get something right, and he didn't. They pitched Taylor Rodgers more consistently than once in nine days, you know, twice or twice in nine days or whatever, you know? They got to pitch Taylor more consistently. I think if they pitch him more consistently, you'll see him have more success. But it's a really small sample size right now, and he's had two bad outings out of those three, and so, yeah, the numbers are going to be really, really bad. And Brisk here says about yesterday, Martinez would have been better than Hader. So you're pitching him on three straight days. I don't think the Padres want to do that. Flat life. This isn't baseball, but he says, who do you root for in a basketball season? Well, SDSU for college. And then NBA, uh, Knicks and Warriors. I used to work for the Knicks in New York. Uh... And then I've liked the Warriors since I was, I don't even know when, like 
when would have that been? Since I started following the NBA like closely, pretty much Steph's full Warriors career. Alokos, he's saying season's over, season's done. Like that's overreacting. The Padres are still a playoff team right now. This offense is too talented to continue hitting like this. Josh Hader is too talented to continue pitching like this. And again, I think if they pitched him more consistently, his numbers wouldn't look as bad. I think that's an overreaction. And I believe I see a Dodger logo in, the, in a Loco's profile picture here for YouTube. So I think you're just trying to bash the Padres, to be honest. Uh, any more questions? Any more comments here? Padres and the Nationals later tonight. I'll be there. I'll have the pregame show. Probably during batting practice. The Joe Musgrove bobblehead yesterday looks pretty good. I'll have the series reaction on Sunday after the game. Tatis met with Preller yesterday. If anyone wants an update on that. Um, what else? We don't know what happened in that meeting with uh, Preller. According to Kevin Acey, it was a long meeting. Don't know when Tatis is going to talk to the team. He's expected to meet with Peter Seidler tomorrow. That's the update on Tatis. He was expected to be at Petco yesterday, then he wasn't. And then he met with Preller at an undisclosed location. Probably Tatis or Preller's house, I would think. Um, and I guess they had a long meeting. Hopefully Tatis owned up to it and he was accountable, you know? Yeah, I got a bobblehead, Brisk. Yep. Yeah, my mom says maybe if he had more opportunities while he has been here. Yeah, like, I'm not... When I say that Hayter should be pitching more consistently and if he has been, or if he was pitching more consistently, then his numbers would be better, it would be lower. I'm not excusing... I'm not saying that, like, in a way to excuse Hader of these two bad outings. I'm just saying it's probably hard for him to get into, I don't know, the flow of the game or to be comfortable on the mound or, I don't know, to, to really feel confident when he's pitching twice in nine days. You know, like, it's Josh Hader, one of the best relievers in the game. You would think that the Padres, regardless of, save situation, non-save situation, they'd want to use him cons consistently <clears throat> because he has that kind of impact, you know? And they just haven't been able to use him that consistently. Well, they've been able, they just haven't done that. They haven't cho chosen to do that. And I talked about Hayter saying that he doesn't prefer pitching in those situations that he's not needed, like those high-leverage situations. He wants to pitch in those situations only, not the uh, low leverage situations or whatever when games are out of hand. But like pitching twice in nine days, like you got to pitch more consistently than that. Like change the mindset. Like I said earlier in this episode, change the mindset. Try to just attack the zone. If you lose by attacking the zone, I'd rather see that than, a, than lose by walking and hitting guys. So change that approach. And then change your mentality then. Like, if you don't want to pitch in non-save situations or non-high leverage situations, 
but that's the only situations the Padres are in for a week. Well, I'm sorry. I think you got to pitch in those situations still. Change your mindset and say, hey, I'm not going to look at the scoreboard. It's 0-0 or it's 1-1 like last night or it's 2-1 Padres or whatever. And, uh, you know, say, hey, I'm here to not give up any runs, to keep the score where it's at and keep the Padres in this game if he's going into a losing game, you know? Like, just change your mentality then. That's pretty much what I have to say about that. I mean, he just has to be better. Attack the zone, attack the zone, attack the zone. All right. Uh, okay, so we have another question here. Any chance Tatis gets shoulder surgery? I think there is a chance, yeah. I think the Padres have the leverage on that. Like, with the motorcycle accident, Tatis already said that he wasn't going to do it in the offseason. That was against the team's wishes. And then he does this, and he didn't play one single game for the Padres this year. Uh, no home runs, no impact for the team this year. You want to earn back the Padres' trust a little bit, get in their good graces a little bit. Yeah, I think that might be smart for Tatis to have the shoulder surgery. I think there is a chance that he does do it. I think it's still a low chance, but I think it's a better chance now than it was before we heard about the suspension because he's out for the year. We're not going to see him till what, May next year? Late April, maybe? So uh, it's a lot of time to recover, you know? So you're not making an impact this year. Maybe go stabilize the shoulder um, and do what the Padres want you to do. If you want to earn back some trust, maybe he goes and does that, you know? All right, uh, that's going to do it. Episode 218. Hater is struggling. I tried to offer my thoughts on that, what he should be doing, how he should be changing his approach. I still think you should put him out there in a high-leverage situation tonight just to put him out there and show your confidence in him. None of it. Stop doing this two appearances and nine, ten-day thing. You got to put him out there more consistently. I don't care what the score is. Like, maximize his impact. You know, you're trying to hold on to a playoff spot here, right? Maximize his impact. So, it sucked that Darvish had to get the loss last night. He didn't deserve it. Um, but I'll be back for the series reaction on Sunday. Pre-game shows today, tomorrow, Sunday. I'll be at the game today and Sunday. So, if, I'm, if you see me around, say hi. Go Padres, and I'll talk to you guys later. See ya.